So just to preface this, if you guys are, if some of you showed up to watch Game Face, this is not Game Face. This is not going to be a fun video cast about video games. Today we're talking about the future of Sifted, my website that I founded a little over two years ago. Uh, the site is in kind of bad shape financially, and it's to the point where I kind of need to decide whether it should carry on, and if it does, in what form. Um, first thing I want to say is thank you very, very much to everybody. Uh, people have been great over the last few days, mostly. Uh, I get it. Everybody's emotional right now. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? So I understand if uh, emotions flare up here and there. It's totally understandable. Um, but I got great feedback from you guys on the site. Got great feedback on NeoGAF as well. Some people were typical NeoGAF, angry, spiteful, or whatever. I expected that. I think the best feedback I got from NeoGAF was people that sent me private messages. Um, who just didn't want to deal with all the riffraff that was going on in the thread uh, and just started instant messaging me on NeoGAF. Uh, shout out to those guys, by the way. I'm sure if they're watching, they know who they are. Uh, but regardless, it was great feedback either way. Even angry people can provide great feedback on a problem, even if it's not delivered in the most tactful way. So just want to thank everyone for the last couple of days of all the feedback and the suggestions and all the positive words. That's been great, too. Obviously, this is really tough for me, this situation that I'm in, so I really appreciate any of the positivity that you guys can throw my way. We need all we can get. So let's see. Where do we start here? I want to keep everything pretty organized. Uh, I posted an article on Sifted earlier today that kind of laid out the framework for how this is going to go. Um, and you're, what you're looking at right now, right now you're seeing the chat on the screen. We will jump back and forth from the chat to a document that I'm going to use to document this whole thing. And I want to apologize right out of the right off the gate. I have a crazy loud mechanical keyboard here, and I'm sure you guys are going to be uh, hearing it throughout the entire broadcast. So I, I apologize in advance. It's probably going to be annoying and really loud. Uh, I have a Black Widow here, and it's one of my old mechanical keyboards that I use in the office. So it is kind of loud, and it might get annoying, but I apologize. So we're going to have moments here. We're going to have discussion. I'm going to sort of bring up the topic. Oh, I'll be asking you guys questions, but a lot of your feedback, in addition to your comments, is going to be voting. Um, and so how the voting is going to work is one is going to be for a yes and two is going to be for a no, because otherwise it'll be impossible to wrangle everybody's uh, everyone's feedback through this. There's just too many people in the chat uh, to kind of address everyone's concerns. But I wanted to put the chat into the video because some people are going to be watching the archive. There's a lot of people in Europe who aren't going to be able to show up, which really sucks. I probably should have done this during the day, uh, but I knew I was going to be crazy busy today, but I didn't. Um, so I know a lot of people from Europe wanted to be on this, and they're not on. And I want to make sure that I post the archive on Sifted so people who couldn't make it see what happened and how everything kind of shook out. So... After we go through kind of all the things that I want to discuss with you guys, we will have an open session at the end for you guys to ask questions, kind of express your opinion, uh, things like that. Uh, I hope you guys have appreciated that all along with Sifted, uh, it's been kind of a community effort uh, that, that I've always reached out to you guys for feedback on how you want the site to change and the things you hope the site to become. And uh, here at the uh, in the tough position that I'm in right now, uh, I think I need you guys more than ever. So. Um, you guys are the ones who love Sifted, but obviously nothing's perfect. It's not a utopia. And the people who use the site the most and love it the most are probably the people who can give the most valuable feedback. So I want to make sure that you guys are a big part of this. Um, I want to, you know, we're in this together. So I just want to kind of get that out there. So the first thing I want to discuss is 
our expenses. So here I am in the studio. Could possibly be one of the last times ever. Uh, no matter what, we're going to do a Game Face on Friday at 1 o'clock Pacific. So we'll, we'll be back in here for Game Face on Friday. But after that, that might be it, uh, depending on kind of what I decide here in the next couple days. Uh, our rent was basically doubled. Our landlord, <laughs> you know much I love that guy, uh, he called me last week and said, hey, you know, I want to remind you that your rent's going up. And I was like, what are you talking about? Well, he had put a letter in my mailbox last month, but we get nothing shipped here. So I never check our mailbox here because it's usually just junk mail. So he had actually given me enough heads up, uh, but I just did not check the mail. So our rent is almost doubling. But one thing I will say right out of the gate is that our rent is not very expensive, particularly for LA. In fact, when I first got this place, before they raised the rent the first time, it was like a steal. Like I couldn't believe that we got the space for the price that we did. Uh, and then after that first year, and we had rented the place before the site even went live because we were kind of working out of here building the site. So um, the first rent we got here was amazing. Like I couldn't believe the price that we got. And then after the first year, they raised it like a big chunk and then we were robbed. And I think, uh, when we got cleaned out, the landlord felt guilty because when I rented the place, he had told me that uh, they had security cameras everywhere and alarms, and it turns out that it was a lie. And so I think he felt guilty over the fact that we had gotten robbed, and he never raised our rent after that until now. Uh, and as you probably know, it's been about a year after the robbery. So I think he finally felt comfortable enough to uh, raise our rent again. So just wanted to kind of lay that out there and let you know, um, get, getting rid of our rent is not a make or break thing for Sifted. I know like a lot of the feedback I've seen, the first thing is like, get rid of your studio, get rid of your studio. It's not so expensive that either getting rid of it or keeping it is going to be the thing that keeps us in business. And I guess the one thing I would say is that, you know, what you've seen of Sifted so far, it's been a lot of talking head stuff, a lot of pre-produced stuff that, you know, I can totally do from home. Uh, I have a great rig at home that I can use to edit and cut stuff with, in addition to the stuff that we have here. Um, Game Face, obviously, would probably be shot in my apartment uh, if we lost the studio. Um, the production values would definitely go down significantly as far as the location that we're at. But the more important thing to me uh, for the location is that for Sifted to succeed, it needs to do more than what it's been doing. I, I think the shows we've launched over the last couple of months, I like them a lot. It seems like you guys do. Uh, Shane's Addiction, Playview, stuff like that, Bad Dudes. You guys have all had a positive reception for those shows. But we want to start doing stuff with a lot more people outside of me and Matt and Pactor. And to do that stuff, typically, you need a studio to do it. Um, just to kind of give you a tip of something I've been working on for the last month or so, I've been working on a show called Stand Up, Up, Down, Down. And it's a stand-up show about video games. So... We've had auditions with a couple comedians already, had people send us video clips of them doing stand-up. It would be probably once a month, maybe two times a month, but we would need some place to shoot something like that. So that kind of puts us in a bind. As far as being able to expand the type of content that we do, it would be tough if we don't have a studio to do it in. So with that in mind, um, the first thing I want to ask you guys, and again, vote with numbers in the chat. I'm going to leave the chat up on the stream here so the people who are watching the archive can see it. Um, the first question I want to ask, and again, one for yes, two for no, is would your motivation to subscribe to Sifted change at all if we didn't have a studio? Vote.
Lots of twos there. All twos. Okay, that's encouraging. I'm surprised to hear that. I think that's one big, big one of the big uh, revelations over, not just for me, but for everybody over the last couple years, is that uh, people don't really care about production values all that much. It's been surprising to me. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much unanimous. Every single person uh, voted to. Fix the chat font, can't read it. So you guys can't read it, but it doesn't matter because you're looking at the chat. It's more about what the people on the archive are going to be able to see. Um, and the archive probably looks a lot clearer than what you're seeing because you're looking at it through a live stream and compression. So I'm looking on our monitor right now, and you can definitely see the chat. So don't worry about that, guys. Okay, so that's definitely a no. They don't care about the production values. And my second question is, do you guys think we should keep the studio? Keeping in mind what I said about how we want to create other kinds of the content where we would need the studio. So that's a one for yes, and that's a two for no. And that looks a little more split, but it looks like it's leaning towards no. One tentatively. <laughs> oh, Windows. Hardware scan, that's great. All right, so you guys are all saying to get rid of the studio. Interesting. Okay. Again, keeping in mind, it doesn't save us that much money. It's not a deal breaker one way or the other, whether we keep it or we lose it. But it is. Every little bit of extra money helps, obviously, at this point. And at the very least, it could get us back doing some freelance reviews on the site, because right now we don't have the money to pay freelancers to do reviews anymore. So we could probably get some of those back up as well. Yeah. As Tomb Raider says, it depends on how it affects your home life. That is an issue, to be honest with you. Um, if we shoot it during the day while my wife's at work and it's everything's torn down by the time she gets back from work, I don't think it'll be an issue. Um, one of the bigger issues really for me is that there's a ton of stuff in here that you guys never see. Like there's a whole other room over there with a bunch of stuff in it and there's stuff on the sides here that you guys don't see and there's these cabinets behind me are stuffed with stuff. I think the biggest problem I have is what do I do with all of it? <laughs> um, I'd probably have to rent. That's the other part of it. I'd probably have to rent a storage space. I'd sell some of it, whatever I could sell. But some of the stuff I don't want to sell, I want to keep. So I'd probably have to rent like a storage unit or whatever to hold some of the stuff because our apartment is stuffed full. So regardless, it, you're, you guys have definitely spoken. It's pretty much unanimous that you don't care if we have a studio, which is surprising because you look at someone like Easy Allies, they have a one of their highest tiers is to get their own studio. It's like we're going in different directions. Um, so, okay. You guys have spoken on that. Um, all right, next topic we're going to talk about is accessibility. And this one gets a little more complicated. This was probably the biggest, the most, or at least the most prevalent feedback we got in the NeoGAF thread was that the site has too many walls and restrictions as far as having to register to access parts of the site. So let's say you're a lurker and you don't want to register. I still don't, I, I personally, I still don't understand why someone doesn't want to register. It takes five seconds, but that's besides the point. Uh, what really matters is there's a lot of people that don't want to register. They just want to lurk. Um, 
And so those people were saying that you go to the site and while you can view any content other than premium content, if you're not registered, um, you can go through the sift and you can check out anything that we've curated that day. If you actually, if you try to comment, obviously you get a prompt saying register. But I think the bigger hangup is if you try to go to one of our channels for Microsoft or platforms, content types, genres, uh, topics, whatever, you would get a prompt that would pop up for people to register. Uh, also, if you try to sort the sift by time, uh, you get a prompt that that uh, is asking people to register. So the question is, what is the value of the lurker? Um, we don't run ads on the site, and I don't think we ever will. I saw that uh, comment a lot over the last few days, you should run ads. It, our, our level of traffic right now is not worth running ads. Um, I don't know if you guys understand like the display ad market, but literally you get like one eighth of a penny for every display ad that's shown. It, like with our traffic, I think we'd probably end up making like 50 bucks a month, which is better than nothing. But when you think about one, I'd have to pay our developer to bring ads into the site. That will probably cost, I'm guessing at least several hundred dollars. Um, and then the actual quality of using the site would go down as well. So I think it, this might be something where we need to find some middle ground. Um, or maybe you guys just think we should unleash everything and make the whole thing accessible. So let's do it this way. Um, let's say yes or no. Do you guys think that we should make the entire site accessible to someone who is not registered one for yes two for no yep so it looks like everyone says we should take down the boundaries i might be, take, be taking notes here as well Keep in mind, everybody, that everything that we decide to do is going to cost money. So you guys did donate some money over the last couple of days, and that will be very, very helpful to getting some of these features online. And maybe at the end of, of this discussion that we have, we prioritize the things that we've decided that we want to green light. Um, and that way I can kind of look at the cost with Brent of what it's going to cost to develop it and then see how much money we have to do it and see how important it is to you guys and kind of make a decision that way. Um, yeah, I see comments in the in the chat saying more moderation will be needed. That's absolutely 100% true. Um, we'll need mods will have to be on it more, but it will look. Actually, you won't need more moderation because these are people who are not registered. So they're not worried about commenting or doing anything of that sort. They're still going to have to register to do that stuff. Um, that's kind of where I draw the line. I don't want us to be a site where you go to the comments section and every username in the comments is user, 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 or temporary user or whatever. Um, I still want to kind of keep that boundary of you have to register to contribute to the site. Um, I think at least that creates a little bit of a boundary so you don't have people just coming into troll as much. Uh, like I've been surprised over the last three days at how many people just don't want to register for stuff. Like I don't even think about it. It's just, I just do it. If it's a site I want to use, I register. Um, but a lot of people don't. So. Um, I think that maybe might be the one barrier. And let's let's take a vote on that. Are you guys okay with me 
uh, not having anonymous accounts on the site. Um, so the question is, do you want there to be anonymous accounts on the site? One for yes, two for no. Okay, that's pretty much unanimous. No anonymous accounts. And look, I agree with you guys. I think we, we definitely, and this is something I think I will do and I will pay to do, is to take down the registration boundaries for using the full functionality of the site if you're not registered. Um, because it, it opens up a lot more sharing uh, through social media. Um, it makes it a lot easier to, uh, to share stuff across social media and for people to be able to come and check it out. Because once it's shared, if they come and they want to engage with it, sometimes they may hit that, that barrier again, and that's probably not a good idea. So I think uh, getting rid of those things will probably uh, help with uh, discovery of the site. And uh, I think it should also be fairly cheap to implement. I don't think uh, it'll cost a ton for Brent to do that for us. So I think that's probably an actionable item that we can, uh, we can count on. So, all right, let's move on. This is a big one, and this is gonna take a while. So. Next up is marketing and promotion. Um, and I'm just going to read what I wrote earlier on the site for those of you who maybe didn't see the article to kind of set the tone of this discussion. So here we go. Uh, we have a major marketing program that kicks off tomorrow. And that is 100% true. It kicks off tomorrow. I've been waiting for literally two months for this to happen. And uh, I have a call at 10 in the morning tomorrow with the marketing company. And if everything's all good and the discussion goes well, the button will be pushed at, uh, after the call. So around 11 a.m. Um, but we certainly need to do a lot more. We want to brainstorm ideas on how to get the site out there, including releasing premium content to the public after a certain grace period. Uh, we want to know what kind of time our subscribers are comfortable with and other ways to promote the site that won't break the bank. Should we run ads on popular gaming podcasts? Should we pay to run our existing promo on social media? Should we, treat, should we tweak that promo? So let's just start from the beginning here. Um, I guess a little bit more detail on the marketing program. So... I've been trying to work with a marketing company for like a year and a half. Uh, I've been approached by them. Um, at first when we launched, a couple approached us and said that they would work with us for equity. So they wanted basically 40% of the company to do a marketing program. The site had just launched and I felt like it was too early to commit to something like that because I didn't know if it was gonna be a success or not or how well it was gonna do. So I basically turned down those overtures. Uh, since then, it's been the reverse. It's been us going to marketing companies, trying to get them to work with us. Um, and because of the traffic on the site and the revenue of the site, it was basically a case where we had to pay them to do a marketing program for us. Um, and some of them were willing to work with equity, uh, but some of them weren't. And those marketing pro programs were like $50,000. So I've seen some comments and some mean comments uh, on the site the last couple of days saying, oh, Shane should have had marketing. We just couldn't afford it. So what we did is what we could afford, which is social media, targeted social media ads. So we did some still ads, those did okay. And when we released our last promo earlier this year, we sent that out through social media for paid ads. And generally we would probably pay, I don't know, somewhere around like $800 a month. And that ad would get exposed to, 
I think the last run we did for 800 bucks, it was probably like 30 or 40,000 people, something like that. And we did see an uptick in people coming to the site. We did see an uptick um, in people signing up. We did see an uptick in subscribers, but we never got our money back. Like as far as the number of subscribers we would get for doing one of those programs, we would never get enough new subscribers to where it was actually a profit deal, as Pac would say. Um, we would end up losing money altogether on those marketing programs. And Facebook's really good. It's like I targeted specifically game trailers uh, because obviously a lot of people that follow uh, game trailers on Facebook or know, at least know me and would be at least interested to know that I was working on a new site. So that stuff has not worked well. Well, what happened was about two months ago, someone reached out to me on Facebook. They're like, hey, I'm a big fan. Um, I've been, I'm working at a marketing company and we like to take on projects like your site that are struggling a little bit and we like to turn them around. And uh, basically what they do is they work pro bono, so to speak. So they start out working for free and then we have metrics that when the site hits them, then we start paying them, which to me is, it's like a dream. So, you know, after going through all the process I talked about with all the marketing firms that led up to this, basically I was at their mercy. I was like, hey, if you're willing to do it this way, cool. Like whatever you can do is is great and amazing and I appreciate all of it. So, it was, but it was also very hard for me to call them or email them and crack the whip and say, hey, what's going on? Why is this taking so long? Although I still did it, to be perfectly honest with you. I would still email them and be like, hey, I really appreciate this, but I need this to move. So um, I, I really appreciate what they're doing for us, um, but it has taken a long time to get this thing running. And the way the marketing program is going to work is the marketing company is kind of an MCN, like a multi-channel network on YouTube. They employ a ton of YouTubers and they use those YouTubers to do the marketing. So basically what they do is they send the site out or whatever product that they want to market to the YouTubers and they send them all this stuff and they say, Hey, what are the products that you checked out that you like that you want to promote? So it's not like they're forcing their people, their people to say, Hey, this sifted site's awesome. So they did that. They found the guys who really liked it. It just turned so happened that the guys who liked it were their guys with the biggest subscribers. So Basically what their YouTubers are doing is they're going to mention Sifted and they're going to give their honest opinion on the site. If there's nothing written or no one tells them what to say, um, they said that they saw it and they liked it and then it's up to them to share their opinion on it. But they're going to share it inside their videos. And then those videos are targeted out algorithmically um, to, and it gets really deep and I don't want to go into too much of it because I could sit here for an hour talking about it, but they use algorithmic marketing to target specific groups that they know are more likely to subscribe to services. So, uh, a lot of YouTube red people are going to be targeted. A lot of people who follow stuff like loot crate or follow giant bomb. Uh, so they basically they target people who they have already proven that they're willing to invest money in things that they want to. So anyway, that's the program. It launches tomorrow. So we should start seeing an influx of people, new people to the site beginning tomorrow or the next day uh, once everything kind of takes hold. The other part of the marketing program is that we are co-developing a show with the marketing team there. Um, and so we're going to have a brand new show that they're producing that they're essentially going to give us to help with the marketing plan. So there's all kinds of stuff going on behind the scenes. I know a lot of people are like, what's Shane been doing? He goes, I have been trying people. I have given this everything I've got to market this site. All the money that I had, I tried to spend every penny strategically. Uh, but this is a pretty big break and this could make a big, a big difference for us. So I just wanted to preface that before we start talking about sort of the other marketing stuff that we want to get into here. Um, 
So the big thing, and probably the other big piece of feedback as far as marketing that I've seen over the last few days is getting our content out there. Um, I have been very nervous to give away our content because people are paying for it. Um, and that's probably misguided on my part. I probably should have looked at the landscape and said, hey, there's people who are giving away content that's sponsored by Patreon. And the people who are donating a lot of money to Patreon don't seem to care. And I, maybe I should have looked at that and acted a little quicker. Um, so I guess that's on me. But um, that is why I've been really reluctant to, to do that. But I think the other part of it, too, is that we do have Pactor Factor out there on YouTube. And, you know, it does, depending on the topics, it does 7,000 to 15,000 views a week. And it's reaching those people. But I also have found that kind of the big fans of Pactor have found the show. And so our YouTube channel grew really quickly at first. And then it'll go through spurts here and there. But then it just kind of leveled off. And I think a big part of that is because the real hardcore fans of Pactor have found the show now. Um, and so we've kind of hit this plateau with our YouTube channel. And so I, I think it's entirely smart that we start getting our content out there. The question I want to ask you guys is, and this may be show specific. It may be different for each show. Um, the first question I want to ask is, do you want us, should we share full episodes of Game Face on YouTube? Or should we just share, like, the best segment from each week's show on YouTube? So one for the whole show, two for just the, be for the best segment. Go. I have a feeling this one might be split a little bit. Oh, we may have to take a tally on this one. We'll talk about the delay in a minute. I see people suggesting delays, but we'll we'll vote on that next. It looks to me it's close. It's like split right down the middle. I kind of figured it would be. Some shock. Two five five two one says do both, which isn't a bad idea. You're right. Hmm. It look. I would say maybe a slight edge to just the best segment. I think the other part of it too is that if you think about the YouTube market, um, I mean, one thing I will say is since Game Face stretched out to like three hours, I started to see all the other video casts start stretching out to three hours now. Um, a lot of them were like an hour on the nose, an hour on the nose, but now I'm seeing almost all of them go two hours, two and a half hours, three hours, which is surprising to me. Uh, but in general, YouTube is a delivery platform where the audience prefers bite-sized stuff. And so that makes me lean a little bit more towards, um, just putting up like the best segment every week. Yeah. It was a close vote. It seems I'm not going to say that uh, just a segment one. I'll just say that you guys are split on that. Um, all right. So, and I'll be able to go back and look at this chat later and look at your specific comments. And I will do that. So don't think you're you're posting and like all this stuff is just going into the ether. I'll go back and check all this stuff out. So, um, the second question is, when we post either the full show or a part of the show, how long should we wait? And so instead of voting yes or no on this one, I want you guys to input the number of days that you think we should wait. And not with just with Game Face, but with any piece of content uh, that we create 
how long do you think we should wait before that piece of content goes up for free on YouTube as a marketing tool? So let's see the days here. Two weeks, F FS ball. Uh, Austin, I didn't think you were going to be able to make it, man. Good to see you, brother. All these numbers are all over the map, but most of them are pretty high. Yeah, most of them are saying a week. Yeah, five to seven days, it seems pretty common. Some are saying 14. And I do realize some content, it's fine if we put it up two weeks later. But with Game Face, I don't think that works because it's a topical show. Some of the topics, obviously, are evergreen. Uh, like this past week when we talked about the future of video game television, that topic's still relevant. When we talk about specific games, not so much. But you're right, we can probably pluck out a topic from the show that is evergreen and we'll still have relevance if we put it up a little later it looks like five to seven is kind of the prevailing opinion though and we got some two to three days here as well some people saying the monday after some and stan user saying put up best segment early the full show later Five for the whole show. Oh, man, you guys are all over the place. No consensus on that either. And that's the thing. It's like there's no easy answer to this stuff. But I think the one thing I have got from this is that you guys are all okay with us putting up the stuff later, um, which is which is probably good because I think we need that for the site to grow. And I really appreciate you guys uh, being willing to let us share something that you guys are honestly paying for us to create. So... I appreciate it that you guys are uh, not being selfish about it and you're willing to let us kind of do that and see what happens. So, okay. Let me take a note about that. And let me just ask you, actually, let's, let's do another vote here. Let me ask you about our other stuff besides Game Face. Because um, that stuff generally is pretty evergreen. Play View, not so much. Like, we just put up a Play View for uh, Pyre today. In a week's time, it probably won't be relevant. But stuff like, um, like Gaif, that's pretty, that's pretty evergreen. Um, stuff like Bad Dudes, that's always evergreen. How many days do you guys think we should wait for that kind of stuff? Because obviously it has a longer shelf life. So go ahead and put those numbers in. Zero. I see zero. Just immediately go up. And look, we'll get to Patreon here in a minute. But let's assume right now that we're not going to use Patreon and we're going to stick with our current subscription system in some way, shape, or form. Okay. You, that's pretty much a week across the board. Everyone seems to say a week after. Six, seven. There's a ten. Tomb Raiders, 14. So Tomb Raiders, you do appear to be the one guy who is protective of the content and wants to wait a lot longer. Um... But everyone else seems to be... Dyson, I wish I could do a Gaif every day. Wouldn't life be sweet? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, okay. Alston says no less than seven days if you go that route. Move the mic to where? You guys don't like the mic being in front of my face? <laughs> I think it's more important that... Uh... Wait, all of a sudden you guys care about production values. What's up with that? You don't like the mic in front of my face now. Okay, see, it seems like a week. You guys are looking at a week for our more evergreen stuff, at least roughly. 
I'm just kind of calculating, doing the average in my brain as this stuff scrolls through here. Okay. All right, we got that stuff out of the way. Um, ads. Should we run ads on popular gaming podcasts? So I did some light research on Patreon, and it appears for around $500, you can get an ad run in the middle of, say, Kind of Funny or Easy Allies. My question about this, though, is don't a lot of those people already know about Sifted? At least the Easy Allies people, I think they know about Sifted. I think they've just made a choice at this point that either they can only afford to support one and they decided to support Easy Allies or they've just decided that they don't want to support Sifted at all. Um, kind of funny, I think. That's more of an audience that where maybe people have never heard of Sifted. Uh, because obviously it's never been mentioned on any other shows and I've never worked with Greg Miller or the other people on that stuff. So they don't bring me up or bring up the site. Um, so maybe something like kind of funny might be a little more effective. It's tough though, because obviously some of the people who are supporting easy allies do know me and maybe they don't know. Uh, so maybe they have a, the people who didn't know would have a higher probability of subscribing or supporting us on easy allies. But you have this whole evergreen audience with something like a kind of funny um, so I've seen some comments here that all the Easy Allies people still think that Sifted is a 100% pay site, which it is if you want to access our original content, but obviously they're, at least most of them are probably paying to, at least something to Easy Allies. N4G, I, I don't know if we want the N4G crowd at Sifted. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, obviously, because, you know, N4G is a content aggregator and they're, it's a similar concept to Sifted. So you think people might come over. I get that. But man, every time I go there, the community, it just seems so toxic. Um, I also don't know if they'd appreciate Sifted because a lot of the stuff on N4G that does really well is kind of the more fan-focused stuff, like why the Nintendo Switch is the most awesome thing ever. Like that will get a million comments and like the more serious more adult-oriented content tends to just go to the bottom there. Uh, but I hear what you're saying about M4G. Obviously, there's some crossover there with the styles of website websites. Um, uh, get on Giant Bombcast. You know Gersman. I do know Gersman. He mentioned Sifted. I didn't even know that. Interesting. That's good to hear. Hopefully, he uh, said something good about it. That could be a huge boost for us. All right, so let's uh, let's take a vote on this. On where you think one, do you think we should? Is it worth the five hundred dollars to run ads? One for yes, two for no. That also seems to be split right down the middle. Well, if they were easy questions, I wouldn't be asking them, right? Alston, yeah, unsure without knowing your metrics. You're right. That's a good point. I don't know. Seems like yes is maybe winning slightly on that one. But barely. And I figured most of these votes would be would be pretty tight. Except for the location. You guys were all unanimous on that. Um, and then the last question I want to talk, last thing I want to talk about. 
should we pay to run a promo or an ad on social media? I kind of, kind of already gave you uh, the rundown as far as what we were getting out of those ads before, whereas we would spend X amount of dollars and we'd kind of be lucky to break even. But that's not the end-all be-all of that equation. It's not just about making your money back. It's also about that pin action. So you get someone new to subscribe and hopefully they evangelize to their friends and then they get their friends to subscribe. Uh, so there's more to it than just saying, hey, we spent X amount of dollars on running this ad on Facebook and we got X amount of money from subscribers that month. Those people ultimately can grow to love the site and grow to love the content and then share it and spread it and get more people to come. So it's not just a cut and dried sort of equation. So I see people saying you need traffic, not likes, but that's, you can set up Facebook. Facebook at marketing is great, by the way. You can target it so specifically, and you can also tell it what you want to do. And that was one thing we learned like right away when we started, when we first started, we were doing campaigns on both Twitter and Facebook. And Twitter's campaigns are basically all, all they're set up to do is to get more people to follow your Twitter channel. Um, and there's nothing to really drive people to the site, although I will admit that I kind of uh, I kind of jimmied their system a little bit to get people to come to the site. But ultimately, Facebook performed way, way better than Twitter for us. Um, and Facebook, it, it, they sure, you can set up a campaign to try to get people to like your page. But you can set up a campaign on Facebook to do just about anything. Um, and then you can specifically set it up for signups. So you only have to pay a ton of money when people actually click the sign up button on your Facebook page. And uh, again, Facebook was far more successful for us in every, every way. Um, the amount of exposure we got per dollar was better on Facebook. Um, the number of people who were exposed to the ad that clicked on the ad was higher on Facebook. Uh, and then the amount of people that clicked on that ad went to our page and clicked sign up. It wasn't even in the same stratosphere. Facebook was far more successful for us. And I think a big part of that is the targeting is a lot better. And I think the data is a lot better on Facebook as well. But in generally, it seems like you guys are saying no to social media, social media ads. And I, I kind of agree with that, to be honest. Okay, it's time to move on to revenue streams, making cash, which obviously is the biggest biggest issue that we have right now, is generating enough revenue um, to keep things going. So I'm, again, I'm gonna read this because this is something that's gonna be really complicated and I wanna kinda have some context for the conversation before we get into it. So um, our current subscription model is admittedly restricted or restricting by asking every supporter to pay the same amount. Some can and want to pay more. Some can't afford $4 per month. Here we'll examine the pluses and minuses of adding Patreon to our revenue stream in addition to possibly changing Sifted's subscription model to be more Patreon-like. Uh, should we run ads on the site? What is the impact of going with the Patreon model where all the content is essentially free? Okay, so let's start from the top. So I talked to Brent about changing Sifted's on-site payment model to basically allow people to contribute whatever they want with the bottom being a dollar. Um, so the least amount someone would have to contribute per month to get access to our premium content would be one dollar. 
Um, and then we would just let them basically input whatever they wanted and uh, just let them donate or pay whatever they wanted to per month. Um, that would cost, according to Brent, a couple thousand dollars to implement on the site. Just kind of surprised about, but whatever. Brent knows what he's doing and he knows how long it's going to take him. So that's a couple thousand dollars just to set up that plan on Sifted and to do it organically. Obviously, if we just went over to Patreon, to set it up is free. It just works. Um, but then, of course, they take a bigger cut of the money. Uh, right now, our credit card processing, it, the cut that they take is pretty minimal. It's like um, 20, 29 cents per every transaction and then a small percentage. The problem is, obviously, if someone's only donating a dollar, we I think we I worked it out, we would get like 58 cents or 60 cents from that dollar. So basically, those those customers are free. Um, but I, but, you know, it's the same deal on Patreon for the most part. They don't take as as big of a cut because the difference between Patreon and our credit card press processor is that Patreon does not take an amount of money per transaction. So that's where we get killed with the credit card processor. If someone's only giving us a dollar, well, they take 26 cents for every single transaction. So immediately we're losing 25% off the top from a $1 uh, payment per month. Um, so that's one area where Patreon would actually work better for us because they would only take 10% of that dollar. We would get 90 cents on that dollar. But when you start talking about bigger contributions, um, which there's no way for us to know what percentage of our people are willing to contribute. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, when you start talking about the bigger contributions, that's where the scale starts tipping a little bit towards doing the system on Sifted and paying Brent to build that system into the site. Um, I think it's apples and oranges, I guess. It's kind of hard because the other part about Patreon, when you use it, it kind of helps in discovery and people finding your stuff. Like they will actually promote you to new audiences, which is sort of, sort of a value add which is something obviously we won't get if we do the do it on site. Um, but the other part of it too is that if you do it on Patreon, then you kind of need these tiers and you need rewards. And there's a whole other element of that that comes into it, which obviously we can totally wrangle and we can do it. But it is time consuming and other. there's just a whole other mess of stuff that generally you have to do. But also I think that's what, what makes Patreon successful is having those tiers and motivating people to donate more. So I think the first thing I want to ask you guys is regardless of whether we use Patreon or we do it on site, type in the amount of money that you would be willing to give us per month. Go. And be honest, guys. It's okay. If you if you can't contribute that much, that's fine. No one's going to look down on you or anything. Just be honest because I need this information to be accurate to help me make this decision. So, like, if you can only contribute a dollar, that's fine. Put it in there um, because I need to get a good idea uh, of where we would be sitting with our existing audience before we kind of build it on Patreon up into something more. So it looks like the prevailing, the prevailing is 4 to $5, basically what we're paying now 
good many tens in there too, though. Um, so that looks pretty good. And, and I see some comments in the chat too about how people are conditioned to use Patreon and they're okay with using it. And I totally understand. You're right. When you try to do your version of Patreon on, on your site, I think there might be a little bit of a pushback or a little bit of reluctance to be a part of that versus using a Patreon. Okay. Wow. Some of you guys, a hundred bucks. I'm shocked by that. That's awesome. Okay. All right. The next thing I want to ask you guys is, do you think that we should keep both open? So start a Patreon, but also still have our subscription service on the site. And obviously, if we were to do that, um, I would create a video showing everybody how to go and cancel their subscription on the site if they wanted to, so they're not paying $4 a month on the site and then another amount of money on Patreon. I would make it very clear and easy for people to, and it is already, but you know, I want it to be obvious for people so that if they want to cancel their subscription on the site and give that money to Patreon instead, that they can do that. So I totally would. Um, but... Here's the thing. So there's a lot of, we have a lot of subscribers that are, are lurkers. I mean, literally I saw some people estimating like our subscriber count, like Vin, like, uh, I don't even want to get into that. Anyway, um, the estimates you've seen for our subscriber counts are way low. We have way more subscribers than the amount of people have been kind of throwing around over the last few days. Um, and we have a lot of them that maybe come twice a month or three times a month. Some of them just show up on Saturday morning grab game face uh, as an mp3 or the video or whatever and then go on their way and they don't use the site for anything but game face so getting that messaging to them is tough one and the other part of it too is that we would lose revenue because some of those people they're not crazy active like the people who are on the chat you guys are our daily users you're our power users you're you're the lifeblood of the site. But there's a lot of people that just use Sifted for Game Face or some of them that just use it for Pactor and they show up just when Pactor is posted or whatever. And they're on auto pay. And so their payments just automatically renew every month, every month. And they come and get what they want and then they leave and they don't really engage in the site very much. So for us to just shut down the on-site subscription service would hurt us pretty big the first few months for sure until those people realized that we had moved into a patreon only model um and then you know maybe they don't go over there so it could hurt us pretty significantly financially if we were to just completely cut off the program on the site and shove everybody over to patreon so the next question i want to ask you is should we keep both revenue streams open uh both the on-site subscription service and Patreon, if we decide to go with Patreon. Uh, that's one for yes, two for no. Should we keep both revenue streams open? It's split down the middle, I'm surprised. So it looks like the prevailing opinion is to eventually work our way over to Patreon only, but not just yank the rug out. Slow transition to full Patreon. That seems to be the prevailing opinion. 
my question to you guys is you guys are smart you follow the site everything i post you guys respond to it you know what's going on why why would you ever recommend shutting off the on-site subscription um, because obviously you're going to get it. You're going to go and give all the money on Patreon. If you want to, you're going to know what's going on, but we have hundreds and hundreds of people who are not going to know that we've done that. And maybe they come to the site or whatever. And they're like, what's going on? If we just cut them off, um, I'm trying to figure out what the positive or the negative is of keeping the on-site uh, revenue stream going. So maybe you guys can kind of fill me in on that. It could be confusing, confuse people. So maybe the way to do it is to not market the on-site revenue stream at all. So we take it away as an option on the site so that new people coming to the site don't even have the option to pay on the site they have to pay on patreon but for the people who have been grandfathered and have been subscribers since the beginning and they're just on auto renew leave it up so they can access that but we just don't get access to anybody else going forward does that seem like a good compromise to you guys Yeah, see people saying send an email to every subscriber. They don't even check the emails. <laughs> they, we can see the open rate on our emails, and we, we don't send emails that often. We sent like two total that went to everybody, and the open rate was not great. So that's not a fail-safe way for, uh, for us to message something to everybody, unfortunately. Confusing, people are saying, but... How is it confusing if the new people that come to the site don't even know that that revenue stream exists? They'll never see it. And the people who are already on it are just going to keep getting auto-renewed through it. I don't understand how it's confusing. It's confusing maybe to the people who are on auto-renew who show up and are like, wait a minute, why is everybody else contributing to Patreon? But then they just they realize what's going on. They cancel their account and go to Patreon like everybody else. Or they're like, I'm cool contributing for a month, which that may be the hang up is that some of those people may be willing to contribute more per month than $4. Um, and maybe if they were forced to go to Patreon, it's tough. There's really no way to know how people are going to react to that and whether they're just going to say, well, screw it. I'm not going to Patreon. Or if they're going to be like, oh my gosh, now I can give sifted more and I'm going to go there and give them more. I think that's just kind of a wild card. Some of you saying you like the old way. I get that. It's hard to change habits, but uh, obviously it's not working, folks. So we have to change something. So I hear you. I mean, a lot of people are resistant to change, but we have to change things here. That's the bottom line. Um, we're doing things the way that we're doing them. It's not working. I mean, it's working. We have a great site, and I think you guys like the content. But 
I'm going broke. So <laughs> it works out okay for you guys. It's just not working for me, unfortunately. I wish it were. Believe me, I totally wish it were, but uh, it's not. So. Okay, so I think you guys are coming around a little bit on keeping the old revenue stream up, but just removing the option for people to pay that way from the site. So everyone has to pay through Patreon. People who are old subscribers and grandfathered in can keep paying through that revenue stream. And if they realize that they can pay more, then maybe they go over to Patreon and cancel their account. Okay. Yeah, okay, you guys are coming around on that now, it looks like. All right. Um, I uh, see so Kadaz, how do you renew? Who does the processing? You mean, who is our credit card processor? We're, we work with Braintree, um, and they handle all that. Like they automatically just charge the card until someone tells them to not charge it anymore. So, okay, let's see. All right. So here's the big question. Should we go to Patreon? One for yes, two for no. Let's have it. Pretty much unanimous. Odin 5, you have nothing to lose. That <laughs> pretty much sums it up. <laughs> I have nothing left to lose, literally. I have no money left to lose, no anything. Okay, so that's pretty much unanimous. There are a few people in there that say no. Um, Tomb Raiders, man, you, you love the site as is. I love that about you. <laughs> You're like, don't change anything. Keep going. Um, here, here's the issue with Patreon for us. Someone asked, like, what's the downside of Patreon? Well, the downside of Patreon is that we kind of have this hierarchy of subscriptions and donations, and people get different backgrounds and that type of stuff based upon how much money they've contributed. The problem is when it's, I mean, it's looking like it's pretty much unanimous um, that people want us to go to Patreon. The problem is how do you, at that point, the site becomes free, 100% across the board. Um, all our content is free. There's really no way for, I think Brent said that there might be a way to link people who donate on Patreon into our uh, our system, but he said that would take a lot of work. And I don't know if Brent's actually on the chat or not. He said he might show up, but uh, I, I wonder... He basically said it was going to be really expensive to be able to link somebody paying on Patreon to them being a premium subscriber on Sifted so that only they can access the premium content. And I know Patreon kind of has stuff built into it to kind of handle that. Um, but the bottom line is basically all the content is going to be free and anyone's going to be able to access it if we go to Patreon, at least at first, um, until if things go better with Patreon, we're making more money from Patreon then maybe one of the first things that we would invest money in is trying to link those two systems uh, together. Um, but that's not set in stone. So in, certainly right out of the gate with Patreon, probably everything would be free or maybe we could use their system to have a bit of a delay. But then how do we do that on the site? 
and still promote the content on sifted.net. Um, I guess we just pushed it. It's, it's tough. And so I guess my que the next question I need to ask you guys is, are you guys okay with that? Are you all right with everyone getting the content for free? Um, and even people who maybe didn't contribute any money to Patreon getting access to that content again, one for yes, two for no. Oh, Brent is on there. Cool. What's up, Brent? Yeah, you guys are totally cool with it. That is freaking awesome. There's a couple of you that don't like it, and I get it. Lots of, if as long as the site stays open, it's fine. Anything that keeps it going. Okay. And to those of you who say no, I'm sorry. There's Tomb Raiders again. <laughs> uh, this is something that I've wrestled with for a long time. I mean, I, I you know, I think I've... I've shown through my actions over the last two years that I have wanted to protect the people who are paying for the content. And I think it's, I mean, you can call it what you want. Some may say it's noble. Some may say it's stupid, but that's what I was doing. I didn't want to give our content away when other people were paying for it. But, you know, I'm to the point where we need to do whatever we can to keep the site alive. And I think you guys are kind of in that place too, where you don't want the site to go away. And so I think... Look, if you're willing to make that sacrifice, then it's a no-brainer for me. That's the bottom line. And there are a few more twos trickling in here saying no, that they're not cool with it. And I get that. Here's the next question I have, actually. Those of you who just answered two and said no, you would not be okay with everybody getting the content, will you stop contributing to Sifted? Will you stop subscribing, whether it's on the site or on Patreon? if we make the content open to everybody. So not everyone vote on this, only the people who are not happy with everyone getting the content for free. Will you leave Sifted and stop contributing to Sifted if we do this? One for yes, two for no. Okay, so it looks like most of you will just bite the bullet. And I appreciate that so much, guys. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate that. I know it's it's hard. Um, it's hard for me. I don't want to do this, man. I don't want to do this at all. I wished our original model had worked. It just wasn't, isn't. So, okay. You guys are all over Patreon. You love it. Um, here's the next one. Should we run ads on the site? display ads from like Google AdSense or maybe some other network that, uh, because here's the thing talking about what we said earlier about kind of breaking down the barriers for lurkers to use the site. We could actually generate some revenue off lurkers if they start using the site more because it is more accessible. Um, so if we have, uh, somebody told me on NeoGAF that 90% of NeoGAF traffic isn't registered. I I have problems believing that. I don't know. The guy may just have been making it up. I don't know. I don't know if he was a mod or if he worked there or what. But someone said that 90% of their traffic is unregistered traffic. Um, and that and if that's the case, then there's an opportunity for Sifted's traffic to grow pretty significantly from the lurker category, uh, which means that we could serve as to them. I think the, the problem is, is that 
all of us are so tech savvy, all gamers are so tech savvy, that most of them are using ad blocker. And obviously I have statistics from that when I worked at GT where we were losing half of our revenue from ad blocker. Um, and I'm sure it's only gotten worse with gamers. I know internet wide, it's like 40% roughly people are using inter- uh, ad blockers, but with gamers, it's, it's way higher. Um, and so I just wonder one, if it's worth putting the ads on the site, cause I have to pay development costs to get the ads running on the site. It hurts the experience for what game? Um, at one eighth of a penny per ad view, it's going to be, it would be years probably until it would be a big revenue driver, but it is still revenue. And even if we got a hundred bucks a month from it, that's, you know, part of a game eval, we could pay a freelancer to write or whatever. So, um, I think a lot of you guys use ad blocker, so you may not care if there's ads or not. So do you want us to run ads? One for yes, two for no. Yeah, pretty much no ads. Some people are saying no ad tier. Yeah, that's pretty unanimous. No ads. I'm totally down with that. I didn't build this site to run ads on it. I mean, our slogan is ad-free, junk-free, punk-free. So I wouldn't want to break our credo. And it helps the site run really quickly. And I think also with the way our site is built, uh, with an endless scroll, it's like, how does that work? It's like basically what you would end up doing probably is inserting dummy scroll entries that are ads um, and probably just get really messy and slow down the site. So I'm glad you guys agree with me on that one. Uh, What else do we have here for revenue streams? I think that's it. Obviously, another revenue stream that will change when we start putting up our content on YouTube uh, after a delay or whatever, depending on what we decide uh, with the other stuff, is we would get more ad revenue from that stuff. Although I have to admit that it's so hard to get ad revenue from YouTube because every video we put up gets a flag. Um, and they're not the bad flags like the one like if you get another one, your account's getting like taken. They're the flags of you can't run an ad against this because Activision's trailer's in it. Or you can't run an ad against this because Nintendo's footage is in it or whatever. Nintendo will actually sometimes like run ads against your stuff and then take the revenue. They won't let you say no ads. Um, so, yeah, getting ad revenue from YouTube. I feel bad for YouTubers because you, even when we cut Pactor Factor, we think about like what footage should we put in. So a lot of times with Nintendo stuff, like instead of running gameplay of a Super Mario Odyssey, we'll put screenshots up. It's like... It's so silly what Nintendo does on YouTube. But some of the other people are starting to do it too. Like, uh, for instance, this week when we posted Game Face, our trailer of the week was the Call of Duty uh, World War II Zombies trailer. And that pinged Activision, and we are not allowed to run ads. We would not be allowed allowed to run ads against that episode of Game Face. So the revenue stream we're going to get that it would increase from YouTube is minimal, and I wouldn't count on it making a huge difference. But like I've been saying, every little bit helps. So having that extra revenue stream and more opportunity to make more money off of that revenue stream will be a huge help for us. So, Okay, we're coming down the home stretch, guys. Just got two more bullet points to talk about, and then we'll do... uh, We'll do some Q&A at the end of this, or just let you guys vent if you want to. Uh, So next up is the look and feel and functionality of the website. So this tended to be what the NeoGAF folks focused on the most. And I will admit, like, um, the feedback that I got, particularly from the direct messages on NeoGAF, from some of the people who were really cool and were just trying to help and weren't just concerned about being a jerk and trying to embarrass someone in public, 
Um, some of the stuff that they wrote me, it was excellent, like on some of the things that we needed to change. Um, but I'll read this for you guys as well. Uh, Sifted has been live for over two years now. While we've added many new features during that time, the basic look and functionality of the site is, has essentially remained the same. Do we need to tweak some elements? What about a homepage redesign or rework? Is the color scheme working? What about the backgrounds? Everything will be on the table, uh, but try to be try to come prepared and share your most wanted change because we probably can't afford to make them all. So I hope you guys did your homework. I hate asking anyone for homework. I hated getting asked for home uh, to do homework uh, back when I was in school. Um, but hopefully you guys kind of picked what is the one feature or thing about Sifted as a site, as far as its design is concerned, its look, its functionality. What is the one thing that you guys uh, would really like to see changed or updated or fixed? Uh, just type those out in the chat. And again, I'm archiving all this. I'll be able to read all this stuff. Needs to be clearer and friendlier to new users on how it works. Background tiers on Patreon. Interesting. It's not a bad idea. A lot of people saying I love the site as is. I hate downvotes. <laughs> Meta description tags. That is that is something that pretty much everyone who DM me on NeoGAF brought up is that we don't have like we don't have the meta tags so people can share stuff and it actually shares that piece of content. What ends up happening is it just shares like a generic sifted what you want screenshot and it's not pulling in the thumbnails from our content and the title and stuff like that. And that was one of the big things people suggested uh, that we change and I tend to agree with that. A great mobile version of the site would be awesome. White background. Update the about page. Yes, we are. I am in the process of doing that right now, actually. Uh, I just went and looked at it again today, and it has like our old $10 for basic, $30 for premium on it. Uh, and the reason that hasn't been updated is because that page was originally our welcome page when we first launched. So when we first launched, if you go to the site for the first time, you would be taken to this welcome page that was basically just a rundown of what the site did and how it worked. And then at the, at the top, you could like register and subscribe. Uh, but once we started doing a bunch of research and looking at our data, people were going to that welcome page and just leaving. Um, and I talked to a couple people who who do this for a living and they were like, no, don't do that. They're like, either when you go to the site, just have the registration thing pop up or just let them go to the site. And what we saw was a huge uptick immediately uh, of people. And our metric that we were using was setting their SIFT ratings. So the percentage of people who would come at the beginning and see our, our about page, our welcome page, and then would ultimately set their SIFT ratings was really low. And as soon as we got rid of that about page, that welcome page, and just let them go straight to the site, the percentage of people who actually set their SIFT ratings w went way up. And so that's why we've had that system ever since. And so that about page is kind of like a hangover from launch, which is why it hasn't been updated kind of buried in the footer. I don't think a lot of people even know it exists, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know if a lot of people know our footer exists, and I think maybe that's something we need to change as well. I think it's really clever and cool how we do it, but clever and cool doesn't uh, mean great functionality. So I think we may actually pop up our footer from the bottom of the page. For those of you who don't know, by the way, the little copyright at the bottom of the page, click on that. You might be surprised at what happens. <laughs> uh, we came up with that idea when we were developing it, and I thought it was really cool and unique. Uh, but ultimately, it, people just don't know that the stuff's down there. Um, and so there's a lot of information in that uh, that footer that people don't even know exists. So we're, I'm probably going to have Brent change that so that the footer displays that by default. 
Uh, make it easier to unfollow certain games. Or follow, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Going to the game page to do that stuff is a little unwieldy. Quote button on article comments. Yeah, see, this stuff is getting really, really granular. I mean, this is, is this really like the one thing? If you got to choose one thing to change about the site, this is really what you'd choose? Like, this isn't just throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and hope something sticks. This is like, what is the one thing that you could change? Um, columns that are specific to a tag. I'm not sure I even understand what that means. <laughs> All these people on the chat <laughs> that are like, oh my god, I didn't know that there was a, a footer on the side at all. That's hilarious. The community section. See a couple of those. Probably the most popular feedback I got from the guys on NeoGAF. And again, the people who reached out to me to DM on NeoGAF are people who build sites. And I think the most common feedback that they gave me was that everything is too big, that each scroll entry is too big, it's taken up too much real estate, our carousel at the top is too big, it's taken up too much real estate. And they made a good point in that when someone comes to the site and you're looking at the homepage, you see the carousel and you see two scroll entries and that's it. And then you need to scroll down. And so obviously I took that feedback to heart. But the idea of the site is that you keep scrolling down. It's not that you just get this snapshot because it's an, it's an endless scroll website. Um, and I think once people get used to it, they're used to just getting to the page and scroll, scroll, scroll. Um, but I just wonder kind of what you guys think about that. Making each scroll entry smaller um, so that there's more above the fold, so to speak, when someone first comes to the website. I'm surprised you, aren't, you guys aren't talking about stuff like that. Like the stuff you're talking about is like needle in a haystack stuff. Uh, and I realize everybody has sort of pet peeves and things that they really like or don't like about something. But I think we need to think more big picture here, like bigger things like that can make a drastic change for everybody. Um, like I agree, going to a game page to follow or unfollow a game is a pain in the butt, but that's not a game changer. Like we need stuff here that like, alters how people view the site and makes it more inviting and more useful for like everybody. I see people saying, don't change infinite scroll. We won't change the infinite scroll. It'll stay there. I, I, if anything, the infinite scroll shows the power of sifted and it also shows how much and how thorough we are about our curation. So we won't change that, but maybe being able to see more without having to scroll a mile down the page might be, uh, I need a drink, might be a, a good idea. And the carousel is huge. Um, but we did it that way because we don't want people to miss our original content. And then somebody on NeoGAF yesterday said that uh, he didn't know when new episodes of our shows went live. And I was just like, what? How is that possible? Like, they not only are they in the carousel, they stay in the carousel for like a long time. We... We keep them up there for a while. I thought that was kind of interesting. You just never know how people are going to use the site. and It's been an interesting experiment the last couple of days. Uh, allow the user to decide and change the size of the page scroll. I mean, we could do a thing where we have something in the dashboard where someone could decide whether they want to keep it old school. I know some of you guys maybe like the bigger images um, or hit the switch to make things go smaller. 
uh, so they're more compact. Uh, support more than two columns. I'm interested to see that. But again, that's another way to get more content. One of the issues that we run into is that all the images coming from the publications that we curate from are all 16 by 9. Um, so that aspect ratio tends to make it a little difficult. If you go to places like Pinterest that have multiple columns, most of their images are landscape. And Brent and I messed around with that kind of a concept for a while. Um, but then you have to like find some way to crop the images that we're pulling in from the curation. And we don't want to go messing with like publications images. Like we don't want to change them. Um, some, sometimes we have to, uh, sometimes we do do it a little bit to make it more interesting or, or because what pu publications tend to do is like, Hey, here's this cool, awesome thing. But instead of showing you the cool, awesome thing, they use a generic image to get you to click. Obviously it's, it's clickbait. And so sometimes we look out for you guys and we will swap out the thumbnail with what you actually wanted to see to keep you guys from having to click. Um, but for the most part, like we try not to mess with publications, thumbnails. And if we were to do more than, man, it'd be tough to design more than two columns um, and not, and still be able to use the 16 by nine aspect ratio of the thumbnails that the site's pulling in. Options are good. I'm seeing from a lot of you guys. Uh, keep two columns that make the tiles one third narrower. Um, God has gone too hard to find new comments in a large comment section. So we've had a lot of questions about the comments and how they work over the last few days. And essentially they work like Reddit comments. Um, stuff that's most, most upvoted pops up to the top stuff that's downvoted goes down to the bottom. And then in between they're they're basically ranked chronologically, but also with the variable of what has the most comments. And I think a lot of people look at the problem with having everyone go to your website and look at something is they immediately go to something that has a ton of comments. So everybody went to the save our sifted article and saw the comments there and they're like, Oh, they're a mess. But, the reason they look messy and the, the comments get a little messy when we get a lot of comments is because unlike Reddit, our comments are set up so they're, they're not collapsed by default. So they're all exploded. So you're getting, you're seeing every single comment. And Brent and I talked when we were designing the site and we were like, look, at launch when we don't have a lot of people, it's better to have them not collapse because otherwise you go to stories and it looks like there's nobody commenting on them. You'll have one, because what happens a lot of times on Sifted is someone will make a great comment and then we'll get 20 replies to that. And then maybe there's only one or two other comments on that piece of content. So the way it's set up now, it actually looks like the conversation is lively um, because you're seeing all the comments. But if you were to collapse those, it would look like there's only three comments on the story. So that's the thinking behind why our comments are exploded. But otherwise our comments are, we modeled them after Reddit. We'll be perfectly honest with you um, because it is pretty much the most popular discussion website on the internet and for a reason. Uh, and so that was one area where we kind of erred on the side of what's popular. Um, but it seems like people just look at it and don't think about how they're structured and just say, oh my gosh, like everything's exploded and I get it. Uh, when you look at stories with a lot of comments, it does get a little messy. So uh, an easy way for us to remedy that would to just change it by default to everything collapsed. But then the site doesn't look as lively as it does. So it's a, 
It's a catch-22, I guess. There's a lot of those talking about Sifted, unfortunately. Um, okay, what other stuff can we talk about here? And I'll go back and look through every single one of these comments when we're done here. So don't think that what you're typing is just getting lost in space. Um, yeah. Uh, the, uh, actually, before I move on, I do want to say, you're right. It is really hard to find the new comments. Generally, they're all the way at the bottom. But we should probably have an option to click to show newest first. I agree with that a thousand percent. Because there are a lot of times where a story's been around for a while... And maybe some factors changed about a story. Like, I do this on ESPN all the time. Um, or if you're watching something that's happening live, uh, if it's like a live stream or something like that, and you want to be able to see people's comments as they're coming in, uh, a newest first is something that we probably should have on the site. I agree a million percent. And I don't think that's something that would be too difficult for Brent to develop. He can chime in, obviously. He's, he's there. Okay, let's move on to the next. Um, the color scheme. How do you guys feel about the color scheme? Some of the more angry people on NeoGAF were complaining about our color scheme. I like it, um, but that doesn't mean it's right. It just means that I like it. Um, what do you guys think? Do you guys are you, you guys like the grayscale, the black, white, and gray with the the blue accent color? Or do you guys think we should liven it up a little bit with some brighter colors? Okay. Everyone's all in on the color scheme. What about the backgrounds? Uh, we've had the same backgrounds now. And a lot of people may not realize that there's, there's both a light and a dark background. <laughs> if you go into the dashboard, you can choose a darker gray background or the light gray that's by default. Um, how do you guys like the background? Um, obviously it's, it's not like a typical website. It makes it look a little funky, which is why I chose that background. Um, but it, you won't find many websites with backgrounds that are kind of that busy. Um, so I'm just curious if you, and look, a lot of you guys are just so used to it that it doesn't bother you, but I'm hoping maybe there are some people on who are newer to the site or maybe just checked it out this week because of NeoGAF or whatever. Um, and maybe they, they have some input on it. More color options, people are saying, for the backgrounds. But most people say you like it. Everybody loves it. Great. Okay. So that was just uh, a couple of the folks on NeoGAF who were uh, saying that they weren't into it. Pastel blue from Drunken Elvis. <laughs> like one of Elvis's suits from the 70s. Okay, so you guys are cool with that. Um, all right, let's move on to the last bullet point coming down the home stretch here, folks. Uh, content. What should we be doing more or less of? What are the tangible benefits of streaming more? Uh, do you find the curation to be something you can't live without? Should we go to a pure content model? So I think that's the big question. Um, Again, a lot of the feedback on NeoGAF was like, you're good at content. You should just be cranking out content. And look, I've worked in content my, my entire career. And I know better than anyone, content is king. Um, 
But at the same time, I personally feel that Sifted has a lot of value. I know a lot of the people on NeoGAF don't seem to get it, but I think there's a little bit of a conflict of interest going on at NeoGAF. I think maybe, I don't want to say they're threatened by an idea like Sifted, but I think that they, they're going to reject anything that isn't NeoGAF. And I get it. You know, I lived on that site for years and years, so I understand. And, you know, a lot of it, too, is about the community and the people that are there. It's not so much about the site and what the site does. It's about the people that are there. But I think maybe some of their opinions were a little tainted by that, and understandably so. Um, but do you guys use it? Like, I, I get comments all the time that I just come here for Game Face. I just come here for Pactor Factor. I don't use the site. And a lot of time and energy goes into curation. And, I mean, honestly, one of the first things, if things do turn around financially, somehow, some way, one of the first things I will do is hire people to do curation, and I will never do it again. <laughs> I am so sick of curating. You have no idea what it's like to wake up every morning and open up the admin and see, like, 600 pieces of content in the admin waiting to be sifted through. It is... There are sometimes it is one of the most disheartening time moments of my life. Just full disclosure. I've been doing it for a long time. So is curation important to you guys? Is it something that we should be doing? Um, a lot of people were saying, oh, I just use an RSS reader. Or I just use NeoGAF. Or I, some people were even like, I like going to all different websites. Um, but does it matter to you guys? Uh, let's give that. Let's let's put this one to uh, to a vote here. Um, do you think curation is important and aggregation is important to sifted? One for yes, two for no. It's almost unanimous. Yes, that makes me feel good. <laughs> considering that's what the whole site was built around. I saw somebody ask me if it's important to me. Hell yes, it's important to me. That's why I built the site. But I'm keeping an open mind here. Like, all bets are off the table. Like, I have no... I don't want to say I don't have any pride left, but I really don't. Like, all I care about is making the site a success. And if people tell me it's the dumbest idea ever, which I disagree with, but if they tell me it's the dumbest idea ever, and that that it doesn't need to exist and it's worthless and enough people say that i'll get rid of it because all i care about is making the site a success period automate curation i see a couple of you saying automate it that won't work you can't do that um then it's not curation <laughs> then it's an rss feed because if you automate curation you're, there's nobody picking and choosing what goes into the site. And let me tell you, if we did not, if we automated curation, there would be about 2,000 pieces of content per day on Sifted. 2,000. Think about that. And it would be all duplicates because every website publishes the same story. So when I get up in the morning and I start curating, I see a story. And then I search our admin for a keyword from that story and literally... 50 or 60 stories, the same exact stories pop up. And we basically what we do is we delete all of them and then we curate either the one that published it first to reward the website who is busting ass and getting stuff done or we reward the one who finds a, a different angle or has the better headline. Um, 
you can't, we cannot automate curation. About the only thing we could automate, I mean, that's what it is. It's hand curated. That's what makes Sifted different from N4G or Facebook, where people can just post whatever the hell they want, or even Twitter in a lot of regards. It is, you know, you're only getting the stuff that matters on Sifted. And to me, that's a deal breaker. I, we can't automate curation. The site would be a total mess and a total disaster. And I'm also guessing it would just grind to a halt in about three days. Um, so automating it is not an option. Also, how do you tag? I think part of the problem is you guys don't know how the admin works. Um, and so I can understand why you might say just automate it, but you can't. It's, it's impossible. How do you tag a piece of content to all the tags it should be tagged to? I don't think machine learning has got to the point yet where it can like look at a title of a video and say, oh, well, this is an RPG, a JRPG, and a turn-based RPG, and... It's a trailer, and it's a, it's impossible. It has to be done by hand. And I think that's the difference with Sifted. That's what makes the curation on Sifted something special. So the only thing we could automate is the blurb. We could take the first 30 or 40 words from whatever blurb the site provides, if it does, which in a lot of cases it doesn't. Or we could take the first 30 or 40 words from the YouTube description. But a lot of times those are garbage. They're like, hey subscribe to my channel or whatever. So we thought about it. Brent asked me when we were designing the site if I would like it to automate that stuff or even pull in just the blurb automatically. And it just, it wouldn't work. We would have to go back on a case-by-case -case basis and do it all manually anyway. So unfortunately, automating it is not an option. But it looks like you guys love the curation and you want it to continue. So see if the blurbs are much better. I appreciate that case money. I realized the other day that I have written probably about 35,000 blurbs in the last two years. Think about that. 35,000. We've had other people curate for us, and they come in during E3 and Gamescom and stuff and help. But I think they've probably curated about 8,000 pieces of content. I've curated around 35,000 pieces of content and written the blurbs for all of them. <laughs> it's insane. Um, okay, so I'm glad to see that you guys are still on board with the base functionality of the site. Um, to me, it's worth it. No matter how much content you create, this is always going to fill in gaps. It's always going to make Sifted worth coming to at any time of day and every day. And I think that makes a difference for generating revenue with the original content, the premium content. So, and we can get people to curate for pretty cheap. Uh, we don't have to pay people a ton of money to do that. So that will be the first thing that I hand off when, when, or if we kind of turn things around and we're making more money, I will pay people to curate. And then I will be curating content 24, seven, 365. And that will immediately make a big difference to the site. I guarantee it. Um, I don't think people have seen what I can do yet on sifted. They just haven't because I'm spending so much time doing this other stuff. They have not seen Shane, the, the content machine yet. And if I could free up my time that I'm spending curating stuff and just cranking content 24 hours, I think you guys will be shocked at the amount of content that this guy right here can create all by himself. And once that money starts flowing in and I, have, I can hire people and buy shows, we just can't get over the hump, guys. That's what it is. We're, we're so close. We just can't get over that hump where I can free up my time to really do what I should be doing. And that's why we're having this summit right here, right now. So, all right, let's start talking about some more of this content stuff. Um, 
What should we be doing more or less of? Should we be streaming more? Um, what are the tangible benefits of streaming? We obviously stream very little. Um, we stream Game Face. We're obviously streaming right now. Um, but we don't stream a ton. And uh, I'm curious, should we be streaming more? Because it is time-consuming. If you set everything up, it does obviously endear yourself to the user because it's kind of that one-on-one -on -one stuff like we're doing right now. It's more personable. But is there a tangible benefit to that? Or is it just goodwill? Um, it seems to me that YouTube is the better vehicle to actually generate revenue and audience than Twitch. Because, look, we're never going to be man versus game. Like, that's what he does. He is a Twitch streamer. Twitch is... A side thing for us like we need to do it and we're gonna do it and we do do it but I don't see streaming more changing our business drastically I just don't um, I don't see a lot of discovery happening on twitch because we're not a huge channel again it's kind of one of those getting over the hump things um, it's like you need that critical mass to get people to come to your streams um, and I don't know when we would ever hit that so one for yes two for no should we stream more That seems, uh, wow. No, it's pretty much 50-50, it looks. Seeing some uh, stream new game releases when they come out, especially new game releases when viewership is highest for a game. It seems like the streamers that are most successful are the people who just stick to one game, though. <laughs> like... Those tend to be the people who have the biggest audiences and uh, have the most people who tune into their streams. They're known to play Overwatch or they're known to play The Last of Us or they're known to play Player Unknown's Battlegrounds or whatever. Um, that just doesn't work for us. That is that's burning time because the way we look at streaming is anything we stream, we want to archive. And playing the same game every day and then archiving it, that's not going to work for our content model. Okay, you guys seem to be split kind of down the middle on that. So what I'm going to get from that is we should stream more, but not make it a huge focus of our content model. Is that fair? And I would agree with that. We should stream more than once a week. At the very least, we should have like a regularly scheduled block where we stream just gameplay every week. Maybe it's just like a Wednesday or whatever, and we just play the latest games for a few hours or whatever. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I maybe hit the, hit the nail on the head there for, for that with you guys. Okay. That's cool. Um, what else? Okay. I think we got through all of it. Oh, except I didn't, I never really got an answer. You guys may have put this in the chat and I think I saw a couple of replies to this. What should we do less of? More or less of actually. So in your replies, just put more one word less one word if you're typing out sentences it's hard for me to kind of get an idea more guests for game face we would love to do that it's tough because everyone has their own shows and their own responsibilities um 
Less Los Angeles. I'm not even sure what that means. More evals, more reviews. I'm surprised to see that. I, I saw them earlier. Uh, you guys, were, a lot of people were saying more review, more evals, um, because that does. It's like the most popular content in general. But also, it shows me that you guys value our evals, which is great. That you're seeing that there's a difference between how we evaluate games and, and other sites. So that's encouraging. It's good to see that that you don't look at how we evaluate games as just another review. Because I feel like if you did, then you wouldn't be asking for more of them. So that's encouraging. Skype guests, we did that. We did it at the beginning. It's really hard, and the connection stinks, and blah blah blah. More Ryan Stevens. Ryan Stevens, I get on his ass <laughs> on Twitter. I tried to get him to come in. Uh, when Matt was out like a couple weeks ago and he just wouldn't come in. He won't do it. I've tried to get him in here like three or four times and he just won't do it. I think his life has drastically changed. Um, less evals. Okay. Video evals. More game face. More than three hours a week. I, I don't know if that's a good call. Less evals of 500 hour games. That's one we can all get behind. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that a thousand percent. You guys are all split down the middle. More game face, less evals. Less evals. More guyf. More gameplay streams. More discussion pieces. More consistent schedule. I'd agree with that. Um Okay. Don't seriously go harass Ryan, by the way. I love Ryan. Don't be mean to him or anything. If you want to rib him a little bit, grib him, but don't be mean. More consistency. So some of you guys are saying like a more reliable schedule. So you guys are saying more game face. Do you mean like doing another show like in the early part of the week? Because look, kind of funny to start doing a daily video cast. And we curate it every day. And what you really start to discover after a while is that some of their shows don't have topics. And generally what ends up happening on a lot of their shows is it's just reader Q&A the whole time, which is fine. I mean, obviously that has a place. And we do that at the end of every episode of Game Face. But uh, it's hard to do more than like three hours a week of uh, video casting about gaming. Unless it's E3 week or Gamescom or... Tokyo Game Show less so at this point. Um, or maybe, maybe Comic-Con. You could get two shows out of that. Uh, but I feel like we're kind of milking it for all it's worth at this point at three hours of video casting a week. Um, okay. So your, your replies are all over the place. But again, I'm recording all this. I have it. I'll be able to go back and look at your stuff later on. And that's just really a guide for me going forward. Uh, right now, the concern isn't so much about the content. It's about creating money so we can make the content. So, all right. That's all the topics that I had on the docket that I wanted to cover. And what time is it? How long have we been here now? An hour and a half. Okay. So I'll take the next half hour to answer any questions that you guys may have. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of miscommunication, misinformation out there for the last few days. 
I wasn't able to respond to hardly any of you guys as much as I wanted to. Uh, I was just kind of taking it all in to prepare for this because I knew this was happening all along. So um, hit me with questions. I'm guessing you guys have a lot. More Bentley. I like that too. He's great. He doesn't live here though. That's the problem. He lives in like Kentucky or somewhere kind of in the Midwest. Um, and I know people are like, Skype, use Skype. Skype, it's an option, but it's not ideal. Bentley, friendlier Xbox coverage. We just call it like we see it, bro. Like, I don't know what to tell you. We're not going to lie. <laughs> I don't think we're unfair to anyone. Uh, I Timbo, did the votes turn out as you thought they would? Uh, yeah, I mean, they turned out the way I thought they would. Some of them, I was maybe surprised how resounding the votes were. Like, losing, getting rid of the studio, I didn't, I never dreamed that everybody would be like, get rid of the studio. Even if I pre pre prefaced it with, um, you know, it's not going to make that big of a difference for us. Uh, and, and I told you that, like, if we want to do different types of content and different kinds of shows, we need it. Um, I think I'm surprised that people just want more talking head stuff. It's like, I get tired of it after a while, but maybe part of it is because I'm curating and I'm watching so much of it every week. Um, and maybe you guys don't watch as much of it as I do, but I want to create other kinds of content. Like I have crazy ideas for other stuff. Um, so I'm surprised in that a little bit, um, that it was unanimous. Like I, I wasn't surprised that most people, cause I think you guys are just looking out for me and you're like, Hey, we want the site to go on, and if, you know, getting rid of the studio is going to help the site live an extra month or whatever it is, um, then I think you guys, I thought you guys were going to vote that way, but I didn't think it would be resounding like it was. Like, you guys were just like, no, just straight up get rid of it, which I'm pretty surprised by. Um, if I close this place, it'll be hard to walk out and say goodbye, and also there's a ton of work that needs to be done. I have to, like, sell all this crap in here and, like... So I think that's maybe building into my reluctance to get rid of it as well. Plus, like I said, even with the increased rent, we have a good deal here. So, um, and I don't think we'll get it again. So it's like, I'm giving up this great deal that I know if things turn around in a year from now or a year, year and a half from now, I'm trying to get another space like this. I'm going to spend like triple or quadruple for it. I'm not exaggerating. Like that's kind of the deal that we've got. Like I said, when we first moved in here, it was like the deal of the century. Like I walked, I walked in this room, and before the the leasing agent could say anything, I said, "I'll take it," because I had already looked at like twenty other studios that were complete trash that cost more than this one. So I'm just letting you know, like we have a pretty good deal here, even with the increased rent. Uh, let's see what other questions you guys got. More promotion of community content. You're right. Well, I mean, look, we do curate podcasts from anyone in our community who creates a podcast. But I do agree we should promote people's blogs more often. We should probably do more blog competitions as well. We kind of did that when we first launched. Uh, we had a blog contest. I think we gave away like a free copy of uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, to the winner of that. We, you're right. We should do more of that. It helps grow the community. Uh, and that was actually another piece of feedback that I got through DMs at NeoGAF uh, was promote your community. Uh, and I don't think that person realized that we have like three. Now we have three Sifted Community podcasts that we curate. But if you're just going to the page and looking at it, you would never know that uh, if they weren't curated that day and they weren't near the top. So I agree. And we, we should promote the community more. And I apologize for not doing that enough. I'm sorry. 
Um, let's see what else. Um, Simi1101, have you considered having people take on shows to add more content? Um, take on shows. Do you mean like um, somebody else being like the host for Game Face or uh, somebody else doing like bad dudes? And Oh, yeah. I mean, I would love to have other people because that's the thing. Like, I feel like I've come up with really good ideas for content. I just don't have the money to pay somebody else to then take those ideas and do them themselves. I would I'm 1000 percent OK with other people doing play views and bad dudes and content like that. A thousand percent. Um, but it costs money. And like, we have literally been on like a shoestring budget. It's like when you're in the position I'm in, it's anytime you pay somebody else to do something. So say I pay somebody $500 to do a show. That's just 500 more dollars that comes out of my savings account that month. That's pretty much how it's been going for sifted, uh, for the last like eight months now. Um, anything that I pay somebody else to do literally just deduct it from my savings account. So imagine living like that for eight months. That's how it's been for me. Um, so yeah, I would love to, but we need money to do it. And I'm more than happy to turn the series loose to other people and let them do them. I would like to see other people's takes on these ideas. So, and letting them do them lets me come up with new ideas for new types of content. So thousand percent. Um, from cheater hater people want to curate for free including me please let them uh okay <laughs> uh i've been talking to a couple people actually in the last couple weeks who have kind of applied for jobs i think they discovered the footer on the website and <laughs> we're like oh my god there's like job openings here uh yeah so i'm i'm in the pro i just the the financial situation needs to get sorted first before obviously i hire anyone to do anything and we're going to do that real fast one way or another so um, Lestevid, do you actually understand how to use social media? Uh, I'm going to try to be mean to you. Nice job, Lestevid. Uh, the legacy. You could have mods help with curation. Could. Uh, Vinaraba, how soon can we see a Patreon if you go through with it? Pretty quick. <laughs> Pretty darn quick. Um... Like, in the next week or two, in all honesty. Like, if I decide to pull the trigger on it, very soon. Uh, there's no time to waste. <laughs> there's there's no time to waste at all. I mean, the, the decision I have to make the quickest is this location right here. Because I basically have seven days. One, to decide if I want to stay here or not. And two, if I decide I'm leaving, to get all this stuff out of here. And find some place for it. And sell it. And all that other stuff. So... That's the first pressing question is, do I keep the studio or not? Um, and then after that, it's it's Patreon. So it would happen really quickly if that's what we the route we decide to go. And look, a lot of this, I'm going to have a call with Brent here in the next couple of days to kind of, once I go through all this chat and all my notes here um, and kind of prioritize what I want to have done, I'll talk to Brent and kind of get costs on some of the stuff that you guys have suggested and some of the stuff that I've come up with um, and kind of prioritize it that way. So... Uh, let's see. So here's what makes it easy when you ask questions. Make sure you ask it at Sifted Games because it gives that big highlight for me to find the questions versus just you guys kind of talking to each other. Um, Rowdy Wabbit. If you do hire more people, would it be possible to have another Sifted for other stuff like movies, geek culture, comics? Yes, that is... <laughs> 
That was the plan all along. I've said this a bunch of times. I mean, that's why it's called Sifted. That's why it's not called Game Sort or SortMyGames.com or whatever. Um, it's called Sifted because it's a more general name so we could branch out into other stuff. Um, again, if the site starts doing well, we start generating revenue, the first thing we would branch out into is entertainment. It would be movies and television. Because that, that, to me, is the clearest sort of crossover uh, for the gaming audience. So it would have value for our, our existing subscribers, but also bring in new people as well. So that would be first. And then we maybe look at sports, uh, politics, stuff like that. Uh, generally, stuff that generates a lot of conversation online and people are passionate about. That's kind of what we're looking at. Mm, Tomb Raiders. Any update on Adam Sessler or Marcus Beer doing something for the site? Uh, can't talk about it. Unfortunately. Um, I wish I could. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I can tell you right now, Adam is off the table. Um, we were so close. <laughs> we were so freaking close. Um, but he is now off the table. And Marcus, I am still begging him. Not begging him, but I bring it up to him every few weeks, still waiting. He is still in not a great place health-wise. Um, he's got regular treatments he's going through. And he's just, he's just not really up to it yet, to be honest with you. And so it's out there to Marcus that when he feels healthy and he feels excited and energized and ready to do it, there is a show waiting for him here. Um, and I can even tell you the title of the show. I don't want to get you too excited, but the show is called Marcus in Charge. Um, so everything is ready to go for Marcus. I mean, he may decide he wants to do something with somebody else. I don't know. But I will tell you that I've pitched him a show. He seemed to like the concept of the show. He really liked the title of the show, obviously, because it's Marcus, and it says Mar and it's Marcus in charge. Um, but he is just not in a place where he can do it yet. So, again, like, you know, people don't understand the stuff that I'm doing behind the scenes. I've seen some pretty hurtful things from some of our subscribers over the last couple of days, in all honesty. And I think part of it is they went and read the NeoGAF thread and started drinking the Kool-Aid. But, man, I am busting my butt behind the scenes, and I have been ever since this site launched. I do not quit. I do not stop thinking about the website. I do not start, stop strategically planning for the website. I, the problem is I'm just one guy. I can only do so much, and I don't have the money to pay other people to do stuff. Um, so have a little faith in me, people. I know a lot of you do. But there's a couple people on the site the last few days that I was really dismayed to see some of the stuff that they said because they don't know what's going on. They have no clue what goes on behind the scenes. So uh, let's see what else. Now you guys are using the ad sifted games. That's good. Um, Jay Reed Vic Seven. How do you feel at the moment? Uh, man, that's a tough one to answer, and I know that's probably why you asked it because you know. I mean, it's been tough. It's been really tough. Uh, a lot of the stuff on NeoGAF reminded me why I don't go to NeoGAF anymore, other than the fact that I don't need to go there anymore because I run Sifted. Uh, it, I just don't understand why people are so mean. I just don't get it. Why, I don't get why people are so mean, so angry, why they want to see stuff fail. I don't get it. Like, I've never been that way, and I never will be that way. And being that way, in my opinion, sucks. And... Uh, it reminded me why I don't go there. So that was depressing to me, seeing some of those people, some of the stuff that they said. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, although, at the same time, I will admit, it was very nice to see some people step in there and defend me because I can't. It's like 
if I try to defend myself, I turn into like defensive guy or the guy who's not willing to take any feedback, which is not true at all. It's like, absolutely, I was there to get feedback. That's why I was there or I wouldn't have went there at all. Um, and so it was nice to see some people step up and be like, yo, like you're wrong. Um, it's tough. I'm conflicted right now. Like the site, I've busted my butt on this for like almost four years and it's teetering on the brink. So like I can't sleep. I literally laid down for bed last night at... 3.45 a.m. and laid awake for another hour. I could not go to sleep. So I'm really stressed out. If you want, like, uh, if you want it in a nutshell, um, the heat's on. It's like, this is do or die time. It's make or break time. And something that I've given so much to personally, um, it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, I don't want to ever discourage anybody from doing this. I don't want anyone to look at my situation and be like, oh my God, I'm never going to start my own company. Some people it'll work just like that. Um, it hasn't worked out that way for me. I've had to work hard for it and that's fine. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that it's very frustrating and disappointing and disheartening at times. But on the flip side, you get stuff, you know, like a lot of the comments that we got, they're like, you know, whatever you got to do to keep it alive, like seeing stuff like that is very encouraging. Um, and it shows that at least some of the stuff that I've tried to do with sifted has worked and, uh, and it, and it was the right thing to do. So, uh, score fear advertising revenue. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we talked about it earlier with, with display ads. It's not, it's not really a valid revenue stream for us. You need to be like gigantic to make a ton of money off ad revenue, Facebook level, stuff like that. Um, for a site like ours, like it's the effort, the money spent on development and all that to get ads running on sifted. It's, it's just not worth it. At least not now. Maybe if our traffic builds to a point someday, uh, we'll change it. But for now, we're not running ads. And we actually did a poll. We may not have got in until late. We did a poll with everybody in the stream, and they were all like, no ads. So that is not going to happen. Um, oh, man, there's a ton down here. I did not scroll down. Sorry, guys. Holy cow. Wow. Okay. Let me try to get through these quickly. I'm being too long-winded. Uh, Mitchell is alive. Bring in Jeff Kanata, Christian Spicer, Anthony Carboni. Uh, here's, so here's the thing. I am going on Jeff Kanata and Christian Spicer's podcast very soon. I don't know if it's going to happen this week, um, but it's going to happen in the next couple episodes. And that is courtesy of, I believe, Mitchell Ness. Uh, set that up. He just reached out to Christian Spicer and said, you need to get Shane on your show. And he was like, absolutely. Um, so I appreciate that very much. It totally worked. I've seen a lot of you guys trying that. Like, tweeting at like kind of funny or whatever like greg miller has no idea who i am guys like he does not know me i was he was he was like a an associate editor at ign whenever i left game trailers like he he had not done anything and he and so he doesn't even i don't think he knows who i who i am um so i appreciate you guys trying but i'm sure he's like who the hell's denfire he has no clue um the one guy who works there nick i think his name is i know him very well and he know he knows me very well uh, because he used to be a camera guy at IGN, and he and I would always talk shop at events or whatever. But otherwise, like, uh, Tim Geddes and uh, and anyone else, they don't know who I am. So I appreciate you guys trying, but just saying, hey, you should have Dinfire on your sh They're just like, whatever. Like, I don't know who this guy is. Why does he matter? Um, but anyway, I am going on Jeff Kanata's podcast here in the next couple weeks. And I'm hoping that that will help bring some people to the site as well. Um, cools. I don't want to be this mean, but why did we, do we wait eight miles? Here comes the Vin Hill argument. 
Uh, Goulds, I don't want to be mean, but why did we wait eight months with no profit to have this meeting? Because I was trying to do it and make it work. I mean, we were running advertising, uh, marketing on social media. We created a brand new promo. Um, I was talking to marketing firms to try to get marketing pro programs going this entire time. This is just the way it worked out. I mean, you guys are drinking the Vin Hill Kool-Aid. You shouldn't, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He has no idea what happened behind the scenes here. Um, and so, look, you want to slag me for waiting all this time? Like, fine. I don't care. I know what I've been doing behind the scenes. I know I've given it everything I've got. I know that I've done everything possible to make this site a success within the means that I had, meaning the money that I had and the time that I had. And I'll just leave it at that. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Alex Sifted Mod. What's up, Alex? Thanks for modding, brother. Uh, would you ever, ever move to a 1 to 10 or 5-star review scale to appeal to our wider audience and be able to submit your reviews to Metacritic? Um, we do use a 1 through 10 review score. I mean, we use a 100, 100 point score because we use a decimal, but it's one through 10. Um, that's not why we're not a Metacritic. We're not a Metacritic because I chose to not put our game evals on Metacritic. I'm good friends with the guys that run Metacritic and run game rankings. I've worked with those guys for years. Um, and I just, it's not fair. We review on an entirely different scale from everybody else. And our reviews are always lower than everybody else's. It's not fair for us to throw our score into there. And throw it all out of whack. So that's a conscious decision that I made. And I'm also telling you, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't get any pin action off of game rankings or Metacritic. Unless you're the guy who is intentionally bombing review scores to get people to go to your site. Like, you're the guy that gives, like, Horizon Zero Dawn a 2 out of 10. Just as a troll to get people to come to your website. Which we're never going to do. So there's really no value it's like a, it's a vanity thing. Oh, our reviews are on Metacritic or on game rankings. Like I remember impressing my boss at uh, GT with that like 10 years ago or whatever. Like it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It, it We got hardly any referrals and we were game trailers. Like our reviews would do three or 4 million views and we would look at the referrals and for a big review, there'd be like 15. Like it, it's overrated. Being on Metacritic and game rankings is overrated, and I don't think it's fair for our scores to be on there anyway because developers' bonuses and their livelihoods are on the line based upon those aggregate scores. So we've intentionally stayed out. Um, Dragon Slayer, please don't sift politics. I come to sift it to escape politics. Well, look, if when we expand, when, if we expand, you wouldn't have to have politics in your sift. Like, but imagine this, a master sift that would bring all our channels into one sift for you. Um, but you could just turn off politics or you could turn off sports or you could turn off entertainment or you could have it all. And imagine having one master sift that you only get like the really top line stuff that you care about for games and movies and television and sports. And that's the master plan for sifted. Sifted could become something so awesome, but... What I've discovered in the last two years is you need a lot of freaking money to have a successful website. You can't really just launch a website with your own money and hope for it to succeed. It, you just you just can't. Um, that's been the hard lesson for me anyway. Um, let's see. What else? Let me ask you a couple more and then I'm going to go. Uh, washed one, two, three, to be frank, I don't think you're transparent enough in letting us, especially the subscribers know what is actually being done. I am more transparent 
than any website you've ever visited. Like, when I worked at GT, you didn't know anything about what was going on behind the scenes. You do nothing. Like, I am far more transparent than I should be, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, I think a lot of people would look at the stuff that I say to you guys in public and be like, I can't believe you would divulge that information. Like, a lot of people are just like, a lot of people would just close the damn site up and be like, Bip, I've lost my ass financially. See you guys. Like, I don't know how much more transparent I can be. Like, I've given you guys, like, everything. All the information I've got. All the stuff I'm working on, I always tell you guys about. I'm not going to tell you, like, oh, my God, I went to another marketing meeting today and they rejected us. What is the point of that? Like, I don't get it. It sounds like you guys are trying to find, like, a scapegoat for all this. And if you want to blame me, that's fine. I found it the site. Fine. Um, Venerabit, any chance you can do anything with the attack, like old school G4? Uh, I, I would love to get on Kevin Pereira's show. I would love it. And there was some light discussion going on for a while because Matt was working with him on his show. But then, unfortunately, that show that he was working on, I think it was for, like, uh, Lionsgate. They had, like, a subscription service going on. And this is one thing that does make me feel a little bit better, is that Lionsgate had a content subscription service that had Adam Sessler... Kevin Pereira, basically all the old G4 people, and it folded. So this, it gives me a little bit of solace in what I'm doing here that we've actually survived. I think they lasted like six months. But anyway, we were supposed to, I was supposed to go on a show or be a regular on their show, like kind of talking about the big gaming news of the week or whatever, but it folded and it never happened. And now I know he's doing something else, but we haven't kind of connected those dots uh, yet. So it's possible. Kevin and I like each other. We're friends. Um, so we'll see. Never say never. Um, the Legacy, would you create discussion shows about movies about movies or politics? If we launch those channels, sure. We're not going to do it if we're just sifted games, though. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, movies, maybe. Um, I mean, there's enough crossover. I mean, half the movies now are based on, like, comics or video games. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible. We do discuss some light uh, movie stuff cultural stuff on game face uh, but it's not a focus obviously and I, i'm assuming you're talking about a show that is nothing but uh movies and television um it's possible uh, if we get some more revenue coming in it's definitely not a priority i would say that until we're like doing really well financially so uh let's see what was the show pitch to sessler i can't I'm not, i can't say but we were really close. <laughs> really, really close. Um, Defodu, Shane Neogaf gave you the best advice. They did give me really good advice. The people who actually were there to give me advice, constructive advice, they were great. Uh, the other people, I'll just leave it at that. Um, let's see. I love that people are giving me encouragement. So that's the thing. Like, don't try to break me down or blame me for the failure of Sifted. Lift me up, people. I need your your love. <laughs> I need your encouragement. I don't need people blaming me for this or that or making excuses. I'm not making excuses. Like, I I own this. This is my site. This was my idea. I knew how much money I had to put into it before I started it. I thought I had enough. I didn't. I don't know what else you want me to say, but you dogging me is not going to help anything. It's just going to make me downtrodden. I need encouragement, people supporting me. And I know most of you are, but some of you aren't. 
I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know if you're trying to find a reason. Maybe you're upset. Everybody reacts differently when uh, when the chips are down. Some people get all downtrodden and try to make excuses. Some people rise up. I'm the rise up people. Like I don't. It doesn't do any good to be depressed or bummed out about something. It just makes it worse. You gotta. You have to keep a positive attitude and you gotta keep driving forward. And that's the only way you're gonna make something a success that's not going the way you want to. Getting upset about it or shifting blame or putting it on somebody else, it does nothing. It just makes it worse. So <clears throat> you guys have had your chance to vent for the last three days, and I get it. It's emotional. You're like, oh, my God, this thing that I have invested a lot in, and a lot of you do. You have invested a lot of your time and money and your hearts into it, and so have I. And so I get it. I, but the cooling, the, the cool-off period is over. Like, now let's just focus on what we need to do to make Sifted a success. Let's stop pointing fingers and stop with the gloom and the doom. There's no chance or any of that. Just forget it. Let's stay positive and to the end. Like until the day I tell you that that's it. I can't do it anymore. It's over. Let's stay positive. How about that? Is that fair enough? Uh, ben Link, what is the minimum you need from Patreon to make it work? Uh, Well, that depends. Like, um, if we leave both of the streams open and provided that anybody who leaves our traditional subscription service does go over and donates at least as much per month on Patreon, it's, it's tough, though, because what percentage of people, do, what do we lose from here to gain there? Um, let's assume that everybody who is a current subscriber stays on the old plan. We need $8,000 a month from Patreon to to keep the site going and give it a chance of growing, I guess is the best way to put it. But a lot of you people who are contributing on the site are going to go over to Patreon and we're going to lose on one side and gain on another. So, I mean, as I said in the post, really we need $8,000 more per month for Sifted to survive. With $8,000 more a month, I could keep the studio no problem as well. And that would give me enough money to pay my expenses so I'm not draining my savings account every month. And that would free up $4,000 more for original content. You would be shocked at what I can do with $4,000 a month for original content. I will blow your mind. I promise you. So that's the goal. We basically need $8,000 more per month in revenue. And without that, we're fighting a losing battle that's not worth fighting anymore. So that's pretty much where we're sitting. Um, we'll see if we can do it. I'm staying positive. I think it's possible. I think there are some people who have been sitting on the sidelines, hating on us for our model or whatever, for whatever reason, uh, opening it up to people who just have a dollar to give us every month. Like hopefully there's enough of those that can make a difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we, what we need. Ooh, let's see. Do, do, do. Uh, kills with kindness. Would you be okay if you had not purchased all those shirts? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, we lost money on the shirts, but we didn't lose that much money. Like, I think people aren't understanding, like, the scale of things here. Like, you guys are all hung up on this, this location here. It's not the make-or-break thing that's going to turn our business around, getting rid of this, this studio. It's not. Um, and, like, we lost, like... I don't know. I think when it was all said and done, we probably lost like $1,000 on the shirts. I still have tons of medium-sized shirts, by the way. So if any of you guys are wearing medium, go buy some damn shirts. 
but we lost like a thousand dollars. Like when you're talking about running a business, a thousand dollars is just like a drop in the bucket. Um, so no, like that that has no bearing on whether the site survives or doesn't survive. Um, in the grand scheme of things, with business, a thousand dollars is like nothing. So. Um, Let's see. Giveaway shirts to on-camera talent. If they all wear medium, no problem. <laughs> that was from Killzone three ten. Uh, let's see. Cools, you're asking good questions, brother. Uh, what would you think about doing a summit on a monthly basis? This is not something a lot of places do. Uh, well, here's the first thing I would say: is when I was setting everything up today, I said to myself, "Why haven't I done this already?" Um, so I regret not having done this before. So right out of the gate, yep, I, I should be doing this more often. Every month, no, that's too much. Uh, there's not enough that changes month to month. But twice a year, yeah. Every quarter, maybe. Uh, I think in, at least with every six months, enough has changed. And you can kind of see where the trends are going uh, to where the topics are actually relevant. Um, and it's like you're doing it every month you're you're not looking at the big picture you're getting you're getting lost in the forest for the trees i guess is the best way to put it um so yeah i wouldn't do it that often but we should have been we should have done one way before now for one um and every six months i think maybe perfect but at least once a year there needs to be like a state of the union thing that we do and i should have done it before now and i regret that and i apologize um You ever thought about doing a stream about retro games, highlighting your favorite games while you talk about your history with the game and how it was playing it back in the day and why you love it so much? Yeah, so like more of a retro-styled thing. Absolutely. Um, I got to make use of my old catalog somehow. <laughs> Those games just sit around collecting dust. I even had an idea for a show where I have like these, these games on like a wheel. And I just close my eyes and spin the wheel. And whatever game pops up, I just grab it and then I play it and I talk about it. Um... I have ideas for shows out the yin yang people. I just don't have the time and the bandwidth to do it. But yeah, that's retro is certainly something that's lacking on sifted and it's something we've thought about. So for sure. Uh, out of baldy sway. Sessler don't like Shane anymore. That's the vibe I get. You're wrong. You're insane. You have no idea what you're talking about. Adam and I are brothers, blood brothers till the end. Wrong. Uh, it's so funny that it's like, you guys are like a soap opera writers, the stuff that you make up and the stuff that you infer. Uh, let's see. Um, Elvis, dude, why are you so angry all the time? Seriously. Like, yo, she needs to see the truth. I know the truth better than anybody, dude. Let me show you my bank statements if you want to know what the truth is. Like, seriously, just get a freaking grip, dude. Thanks, Scorfear, for the kind words. Oh, wow. There's so many questions, people. Oh, man. Sorry, guys. I cannot answer all these. Um... Washed, I like that. AK is doable. I really believe you could hit more. That's what I like to hear. That's the type of stuff we need to be talking about. When you go around saying, oh, it's over, it's doomed, that ruins everything. You're, you're, you're poison. You're poisoning the well. 
You're the the rotten apple that's going into the barrel and making all the other apples rotten. Stop it. It doesn't help anybody. Jeez Louise. Let's see. Uh, Gunzilla, I think you're coming in late. We talked about moving stuff to uh, YouTube. We had a big vote. We even voted on like the exact number of days. Uh, so you'll get to see that on the archive, though. I think you're a subscriber. Um, but you'll get to see it on the archive. We voted on a ton of stuff. It's been a really, really good, uh, good summit. Um... Sift of the Union. I like that, Simmy. Uh, any chance... Eternal Gamer 1151. Any chance on getting Pactor on a podcast or other features? No, he's busy, but he's great. He is great. Um, we're trying to actually... Again, we're trying to get Marcus to do a thing on Pactor's boat. A Pactor offered his boat up to do it. I'm ready to go. Marcus can't do it. Um, it's all hinging on Marcus and his health. So send him good vibes, people. He needs it. Positivity. Again, stay positive. Um, a weekly show detailing your adventures with Team Ninja. Nope, that's not happening. I like this idea, though. Another one from Colds. Um, you should do a show where you revisit your old reviews and then replay the game and see if you agree with your past self. That's a really good idea. I've thought about that, too. Um, calling it re-view. Uh, but then I found out somebody else is already doing it. <laughs> so... It ended up not being, and it was one of those ideas I came up with. I'm like, nobody thought of this. Oh, somebody did come up with that idea. It's still a good idea, and I think it's still interesting. And it's different for every person, right? Because one critic has reviewed his set of games, and I've re reviewed my set of games. So uh, there's still value in that, for sure. It's a good idea. Um, Derek D111, is Game Face expensive to produce? Yes, it is the most expensive show that we create, without a doubt. Um, we pay Sam for all his time. We pay Matt for all his time. Um, pay a guy to cut it together sometimes. At least we did it first. Uh, now Sam is so good that like we don't need to do a lot of post-production on it. Like His audio is like, perfect when we're done, and his cuts are great when they're done. Um, but yeah, it's the most expensive. It's also the most time-consuming, gathering all the B-roll. Uh, and if you start factoring in the fact that we bought a TriCaster to do the show and the fact that we have the studio here to do the show, yes, it is undoubtedly expensive and the most expensive show, but it's also our best show. Um, that's how it works, though. That's what I'm trying to tell people. It's like, get rid of the studio. It's like, but you don't understand. Like, I don't know. I don't want to just do talking head stuff. I think there's value in creating new types of content and new types of shows and not just doing what everybody else is doing. I think that's how you ultimately win. Uh, thanks, Nemec. I see your positive vibes, brother. I love it. I like all the I like all the people saying 8K, we can do this. I like it. I love that. We're not going to ban Drunken Elvis. Drunken Elvis lets his anger get the best of him sometimes, but he can be a great community member as well. All right, I think we're at the end here. There's probably more questions, but we got to call it a night. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up. You people are the real sifted OGs. You just sat through two hours of me 
talking about this website. That shows the passion that you guys have for Sifted. I appreciate it so much. I even appreciate the people who came in here and acted like jerks. I totally, at least they showed up and they care. And that, that makes a difference. So, um, thank you guys. I really appreciate this. Uh, as far as what's going to come out of all this, like I always am, I will be crazy transparent and, uh, I will let you guys know where we're leaning with everything. Uh, probably the first thing you're going to hear about is whether I decide to keep the studio or not. Um, Right now, I can't really tell you which way I'm leaning on that. I'm pretty much torn right down the middle because I know you guys want me to get rid of it really badly, but I also know what I can do with a space like this if I have a little bit of money, and I feel like if I can get over the hump here and maybe start generating more revenue, we got this marketing program launching tomorrow. I just, I got a week. It's just all so tight. So as always, I will be uh, completely transparent with you guys, let you guys know what's going on. The other thing I want to mention before I go, and I hope people haven't turned this show off before I, I talk about this, is that no matter what happens, the, the site is not going away. So I'm not going to shut down the website and it's going to disappear. That is not going to happen. So if worse were to come to worst and Sift is no longer viable, um, I will have to find a job somewhere. With, which God knows where, but I will need to find a job and I will keep the site live. So I will have to migrate like all the content from the servers and I, and I would probably just dump all our shows onto YouTube so that they would be there archived forever, but get all those files off of our servers so that I don't have to pay like crazy bandwidth costs every month, but I will leave the site up. So the forums will stay there. All the leveling will stay there. All that stuff will go on. So you guys will have a place to congregate together and remain a community. There's no way that I am going to break up this community. It's just not going to happen. So um, at the very least, the forums and the blogs and all that stuff will always be there for you guys. You guys will always be able to remain a family that can uh, share your hobby together. And I will be there, you know, even if I have another job or whatever happens to me, God knows what will happen to me. But uh, whatever happens, we're gonna, we'll are gonna be able to stay together forever. <laughs> like until... God knows when, like at least until I can afford to pay the bandwidth bill. So maybe someday I'm like destitute and like, I'm like using my social security check to play the, pay the bandwidth. Or maybe we just all contribute to it via PayPal or who knows the site's not going to go down. So I know a lot of people are like, Oh, Sift is going away. It's not, that's not what will happen. Sifted.net will be here. It will stay. If anything, it'll just be a forum kind of like how NeoGAF is now just a place for people to congregate or whatever. Uh, I'm not taking the site down. As long as I can afford to pay the bandwidth, it's staying up. And if it gets to the place where I can't afford it, then I'll reach out to you guys and I'll be like, hey, kick me $5 or whatever. And, you know, we'll figure it out. I'm not going to break up this community. It's too freaking awesome. You guys are too awesome. So I hope people stuck around to the end to see this. I wanted to mention it off the top, but maybe I didn't want to mention it off the top because I want to talk about this because it's going to succeed. Damn it. It's going to, Sifted is going to sustain. We're going to make it. I'm staying positive. And I, I think we can do it. So thank you guys so much for your feedback. You guys have been absolutely incredible tonight. Thanks to any of you who stayed up late in Europe or even on the East Coast at this point, it's pretty late. So uh, I really appreciate it. And, you know, I just want to say I love you guys, like, period. Um, I'm going <laughs> to choke up. You guys are awesome. Thank you for uh, even giving this website a chance. So everybody have a good night. Love you guys. Bye.